Hey guys, I'm your host, Tim Dormer, and welcome to the extension of Pop Sugar Australia's pilot season of Popcast. We're back by popular demand. You might remember in the first half of the season, we explored life after reality TV, and now I'll be interviewing the masterminds that work behind the scenes on some of your favourite reality TV shows. In this episode, we're talking to Australian TV and radio host Mike Goldman. He's been in the game for over 15 years now. He's worked across a broad genre, um, a range of reality TV shows, but most famous for his work on Big Brother Australia. I I reckon he's clocked up more hours working on reality TV than anyone else I know. (laughs) He was the voice and the host of Big Brother from the beginning. He's bound to have some amazing insight and hopefully some juicy goss. (laughs) Welcome, Mike Goldman. Hello, yes. Let's hear from Mike. (laughs) Mike's in the house. How did you get that gig? Because, I mean... Are you the longest-running staff member on that team of Big Brother from the beginning? There's there's a couple of people who, like a few cameramen and, and uh, yep. one or two producers, but uh, every every single show my voice has been on yep. and every single show since day one I've been a part of and uh, I just auditioned. Yeah, wow. Like, like people do, they audition for shows. And when I went in there to do the audition, I just uh, promised the world and said, "I'll do it. I'll do the crowd warm up if you like. Yep. You know, I'll help help carry cords around." And yep. you, you just when when you hear about such an exciting new show like Big Brother was, everyone was wanting to work on. Yeah, and you would have just done anything to yep. be a part of it. And and, and you and became part of the the fabric. I mean, when you when you scratch behind the scenes of the the cult following of the show, man, you're a superstar of that. <laughs> The, mm-hmm. the skill of being a producer, because I guess your role was a host mm-hmm. and voiceover, but yeah. you would have a producer brain as well. And there's as times the where on. you can kind of yeah. manipulate and tweak what's going on. Well, on, Big on Brother Up Late, TV. which was uh, when the housemates were you know, late at night just sitting around and I'd sit there and narrate what was going on. Um, I worked with uh, a lot of different producers on the show, but we'd all sit down every day and I'd kind of have a producer's role where I'd say, mm-hmm. okay, what am I going to do when they're mm-hmm. asleep? What are we going to talk about? Because that's a hard uh, job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, uh, in between doing the voiceovers for The Daily Show, I'd sit there and just watch the housemates and what they're doing and I'd write down things that I want to talk about and uh, and just, just go for it that night and figure out what, what little packages we could edit together and if I was allowed to have guests, uh, talk to the bosses and see what guests mm-hmm. I could get in when I say bosses, executive producers and, and, uh, and and roll with it there. So in a way, I I, uh, I did have a, a a small role to play in the uh, producing side of things. Also, when they were doing the Daily Show, they'd say, "Come in and look at this scene. What are we going to say here?" And I'd mm. come up with a line and uh, and would use it. That wouldn't happen a lot of the time. Most majority of the time, it'd be people like Chris Blackburn or Daily mm. Show producers that would uh, put it all together. Mm. And I guess you're there in the office behind the scenes seeing the, the frantic moments where... Yeah. Uh, what are some of the, the things that we didn't see on camera that, that you were privy to? They thought that the cameras couldn't see them. It's pitch black in there. The technology we had way back then in the early 2000s could see everything. And much to the... Uh, you know, I guess it's a good thing, you know, that, that the producers said, okay, look, we're just going to turn our heads away from mm-hmm. that screen. We know what's mm-hmm. going on. And then they delete the footage. Yeah, right. 
I guess when I was part of Big Brother, it was a different network where they were really trying to make it family friendly. Let's go yeah. back to when we had the Prime Minister of the country, John Howard, saying, get this smart off our television. Like That there, was the best was promotion time. we ever had. It was, wasn't it? Thank you, Johnny Howard. <laughs> our ratings went through the roof the next day. But had the line been crossed, had it gone too far, you're saying that no. there, were, there were things going on in the house in the dark that, that you didn't air. That- There's things people don't want to see. <laughs> I mean, the situation, the duty of care of the team that yeah. was, was putting the show there, there together. Was, there, okay, so what you're saying is uh, I was privy to conversations uh, between executive producers, uh, heads of TV networks, and they always had the housemates, you know, you know, future at heart. You yeah. know, they, they always yep. had their best interests at heart. And they, uh, they you know, they'll always, always be looking for the ways to, to you know, explain the story yep. and follow the characters of the show. But in no way, shape, or form would it be like a show like Unreal, yeah. where you'd be going in there and talking to them and saying, you've got to do this, you've got to talk to this person, you've got to do that. Yeah. I know that other big brothers around the world, they do that. I, oh, I don't yeah. know if they in do in Canada, Canada. they did that, yep. Yeah. You and, were given and, uh, direct instruction from producers. Not yeah. the voice of Big Brother, it was a producer saying, hey, Tim, we need you to go say this to this person. Yeah, I've got friends who work on Big Brother in the US, and they- legitimately sit there in the diary room and have a chat, say, oh, yeah, g'day, uh, it's Brian here. Uh, this is what we want you to do today. We want you to talk to this person. You know he's been saying that and she's been saying that. But there's none of that on in Big Brother Australia. Yeah. And, and I think that was when it, it was at its best, when it's in its rawest form, yeah. when you just leave the housemates for days. Yeah. Peter Abbott, who was the, the first executive producer of the show, he was all about not speaking to the housemates for days, making them think that no one in Australia yeah. was watching nor cared, making them think that we'd packed up and gone home and just leaving to them, leaving them to their own devices. To, so they just worry about the basic things in life, worrying yeah. about food. Yeah. Worrying, and, and so little things would be big in there. And you'd get that natural reaction, I guess. Is that what you're saying, that there was a time or or the show that you worked on, it, it was reality, what you, were, what you were making and giving out? Yeah, 100%. It was you know, filming these people 24-7 and the producers, in, in their own artistic way, would, would put together the scenes mm. from what that person did during that day and what they said yep. and, and link it to another scene and continue the stories. So as a host on reality TV, is, is it like Unreal where the producers are telling you to say certain things to get a reaction or nah. an outcome? Nah, I mean, nah. you know, the producers work with hosts and they say, okay, you know, when this, this housemate comes out, this is Big Brother I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the other shows because they're completely different. Mm. Uh, you know, you you would uh, you know be told by producers what to say and what to, what to ask the housemates when they come out of the house because of certain things they they did or said, or you workshop ideas. Uh, but no, not not like Unreal. But there are shows like that. I'd say The Bachelor would be like that. Yeah, I was going to say, what do, what do you think about The Bachelor? Nobody <laughs> talks like that. <laughs> When they're out on but a what? date, and it's obvious the producers say to them, "Oh, you you have to get into the the feeling and the emotions of of what this is all about, and we want the love story, and yeah. we want you, what you're looking I for do in your feel life." Sorry and, for the and honey who is your? Because I just don't think he's got. Yeah, like sometimes when he's himself, he's awesome. Put on just this this the lovely crap, the poor guy. Yeah, make it awful. real. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm mm. from the same school of reality TV, Big Brother. It's interesting that now we we are kind of all about the dating shows. Uh, I mean, Married at First Sight, and it just seems that it is a lot more heavily produced than 
the original days of reality TV. So much TV. more. So much. Because yeah. there's so much competition. And I think the TV networks are panicked that, oh, we, it's got to be loved by everyone. If it's not loved by everyone yeah, yeah. and we don't have the big numbers, then we're not going to get the money in. So yeah. too many people have got to say, you just got to have one or two producers who are good at their job and just let them go. I feel as though... Like reality TV is the thing that's making all the money at the moment. It's what we're all talking about beyond yeah. the show. It's, mm. it's in the it's the media now. It, like it's so much money in it, and it's just about noise. It's just yeah. about creating noise. But it, I don't know. People want to be a fly on the wall. They want to watch someone else's life, and they want to talk about it to their friends and say, "I can't believe this person's doing that. I can't believe they're doing that. Oh my god, did you see this?" But if it's not reality. Yeah, but it's What's got the point. It, but that's it. You've got to find those people that are reality, that can continue drama, that will say things that just don't make sense, Do they but still exist they relate anymore? to. Do those people exist oh, anymore? Absolutely. That- I've, yeah. I've got a few that I'm working with at the moment who yeah. <laughs> definitely exist. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because I often wonder whether it's the the type of people that signing up for reality shows has changed. And Oh, the, well, the people that are on the lookout for those kind of shows are ones who just want more Instagram followers mm-hmm. so that they can travel the world, get free holidays or whatever, yep. spend some time in Vegas, like someone I know. <laughs> hey, Instagram <laughs> wasn't around when I went on Big Brother. So I that, that was a bite. No, it no, wasn't. It oh, wasn't. We were the first year, the year before us, they didn't get the followings that mm. we got. It is a business. I yep. mean, we, we saw the the latest winners of Love Island. Mm. It, he had a girlfriend on the outside running his Instagram, so it was ready for the business to go after the show. Yeah. He wasn't there for the so love. So what, what we're leading to here is like, there's too many people who just want to be famous. What producers need to do is stop having castings, stop saying if you want to apply and you want okay, to be on this yeah. show, they need to go out there and find the people themselves. They need to go to the pub they, and, and sit there and, and listen in on people's conversations. Yeah. They need to go to workplaces and ask people who is the biggest loony here that we could put on a show that people might want to watch. Not the people who would actually actively go out and seek a job on a show just to increase their following online, which the majority of them, I reckon 100% of them are like now. I agree. I fully agree. And I think it's affecting what what we get. I mean, it, the, it's making the producers have to overproduce. Like... I like the uh, Ali G, Sasha Baron Cohen reality oh, TV. Yes. Have you seen that latest show? Yes. My God. Is, is it, it's hilarious. He's, he's, yeah. he's going around and getting legitimate politicians yep. who believe in having more guns in Americans' hands and asking him the stupidest questions like, do you think babies should have guns? And Because we do back in, he's pretending to be this uh, Israeli dude, back in Israel, yeah. we train children from the age of two to have guns and they, all these American politicians, yeah, we should have that here as well and it's making crazy. them look like total idiots. So they are real trick people reality. saying those real, yeah, I agree, it's amazing, it's very compelling to watch. And that's the thing, like about reality TV, we want real. I've heard that... Coming on to The Bachelor soon is an intruder. She's actually going to cause a muck with the other contestants. With the girls. I know Romy. Romy, who's in The Bachelor at the moment. Mm. She's uh, an actress. She, it says that uh, on her title on the show that she's a uh, photographer-producer. She is. She's an actress who's... A dental nurse when she's uh, when she's not acting. Well, I mean, I had worked in radio and TV before I got the contestant role on Big Brother, and I lied through auditions because I knew that it might have been a stumbling block for me to get in. I did not tell them a thing mm. about my media training. Yeah, and I just pretended that I was just this dumb 
happy-go-lucky guy that wanted to get on reality TV. That's what they were after. They didn't want anyone with media training. I lied when I was on Big Brother to get the crowd warm-up gig. Yeah. And I thought that was a stepping stone to getting on TV because I started as the voiceover guy on Big Brother before I started hosting shows like Friday Night Live, Up Late. And uh, the boss said, uh, oh, the first ever show of Big Brother, we, c- we haven't got a crowd warm-up guy. The guy from Melbourne's fallen through. And I go, oh, I can do crowd yeah. warm-up. I've done it thousands of times before. Never done it. <laughs> got up there in front of 2,000 people. <laughs> had to talk to them for an hour before yeah. the show. <laughs> and what was that job like? I've, I've got a question, actually, a, a distinct moment. Crowd warm-up. Because mm. there's a moment in the house, right, where a housemate, Tully, who was very kind of divisive. And we'd crossed to Sonia on the screen and we could see the audience in the background and we heard boos, huge amount of boos when Sonia spoke to Tully and she broke down. Mm. Next week when they crossed to her, there were no boos. Were you as crowd manager? Crowd, so, were, were let you me sum the it one up that for was you. drumming up booze or, or, no. or cheers? The, fir- like, can the you first week, that? the first week was Mike, you idiot! They're not supposed to boo, and they're like, <laughs> like I'm supposed to be able to control people control to not. Boo. I, all I can do is say, please don't boo. We don't want anyone to know Breaks what's going on in the outside yep. world. We want to continue being the way that she is in the house. Yeah. And uh, I said that, but there are probably about ten people who boo. Yeah. Out of two thousand people, right? <laughs> it's hard to control them all, and you know that happened every week. I would I would read everyone the riot act and say, "You can say this, you can't say that. Please yeah. don't scream out here. Don't run under the stage. Mm. Don't set fire to the mm. stage. Don't get naked." As like, I mean, that was part of um, a strategy of mine was to really take note of the what I could hear from the audience when they'd crossed to each housemate, oh. and I had a pretty good read. Yeah. So yeah. Well, they loved you because you made it interesting, and we were pushing the whole idea that we need to keep people in the house that keep it interesting, keep people in the house that keep the Ooh, That's a big statement what you just said. Keep people, yeah, we would we would say that on, on television, you- not just to the audience in the crowd. Okay, yeah. We, like you'd see, even Gretel said that and Sonia Kruger would say that. I'd say it yeah. hosting Big Brother Up Late. Remember to vote the housemates off that are boring, that are sitting in the corner doing nothing. Just because Tully and Tim are having a fight doesn't mean you should vote them off. Yep. It means that you should vote to keep them in so that they can sort things out or they can talk about you know, how they're going to be friends again or who else in the house that they're going to have drama with. Well, how not, much, not these how much boring influence people. does, does the, uh, a line like that have to an audience member? I think it has a lot. I'm I think sure. it makes a huge difference and I think it's part of the reason why you won. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm, I knew that. I knew that was the game that I played. That you had to... I don't know, shake things up and be polarising because yeah. it would make the people that loved you vote more. Yeah. I want to ask about, um, like, would you ever be a contestant? I mean, you understand what it what is required of, of being a reality TV contestant. Was that something you ever thought about or, or it just wasn't an option for you because you were so heavily involved with Big Brother? Um, yeah. Why I've- was Mike Goldman never The Bachelor? Um... I, w- I would go on uh, a reality TV show like Survivor. Yeah. I'd do um, Celebrity Apprentice. I'd do – I don't think I'm a big enough celebrity to get on it, though. Any any of those uh, shows, I think it'd be fun. I'd love, love to do it. Yeah. Why not? I'd love to put myself on the other side of the camera and and see how I go and see if I can mess with the producers' heads like yes, you did. Yes, yes. But are you worried about the, the reputation risk? Is that – No, because I think – I am a solid enough character and know who I am and I and my I know that people 
wouldn't really have a problem with me in the way mm-hmm. I am, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you see is what you get if I'm hosting a TV show or if I'm doing a radio show. I'm myself. Yep. And I, you know, I've handled a lot of trolls over the years and it, it hasn't really bothered me. I think I'd, I think I'd be all right at it. Yeah. That'd be fun. But, I mean, you, you know how easily you can affect um, how someone is portrayed. Like, I mean, seeing all the Big Brother contestants, when you've seen footage go to air, do you ever feel like each contestant was not portrayed accurately? Well, the thing is, the, what I'll say about the whole being portrayed in a certain light shtick that a lot of people go on about, you did it, you said it, we're going to edit edit it together, and mm-hmm. you got to think about that before you go on the show. I, I don't know if uh, that is the case these days, though. Like, I think some people actually are going on to ruin their reputation because <laughs> it still equals Instagram following. Yeah, they get a follow because there's a lot of people who are on those shows that absolutely suck. But you go and check them out on Instagram, and then all of a sudden they've got a million followers. Mm. Like, why are these people following this person because they don't like them and they want to see what they're doing and troll them or? Do, do people, it's an audience out there, people that go, oh, I'm a bit like that girl. Yeah. There's people out there that go, oh, I can relate. you got well, to find your audience. And, and the reality TV show goes on. It's just you are the producer and, and you can curate what you want to put out there on your social media. I mean, exactly. It, yeah. Oh, but let's talk about you. I mean, voiceover work, radio, TV hosting, but you're also passionate about acting too. And lately yeah. you've been going down that route. Has that been hard? Um, I've been an actor since I was a kid. Like I was on yeah. Home and Away and GP when I was like 14, 15. Uh, a few bucket loads of short films. Uh, shot a reality TV movie called Shooting Goldman. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, is acting the direction you want to go rather than the hosting and voiceover work now? Or I wouldn't say it's a direction I want to go, but it's something that I'll always do. Yep. I always have an interest in it. What about reality TV? Would you make reality TV ever? Have you got an amazing idea? I've got heaps of ideas. Do you want a concept? Do you want me to give you a reality TV? I'll give you a dating show right now. Okay, go. Yep. Okay. I can play. Can send you the promo, and you can play it on this show. All right, it, but this is the basic concept. Yeah, it's a dating show for prisoners called Inmating. Oh, I love Maybe the girl or guy of your dreams isn't in a bar; she's behind bars. <laughs> I think that is the line we're at with reality TV. Is uh, what, what's next? Like, how far can we push this? I mean. Uh, the, the dating shows are getting a bit wild, like Married at First Sight, and we're seeing people cheating and, and it's quite polyamorous. But what's next? How, how far could you push it? Is, is there a line? If someone comes up with it, they're going to put it on, yeah. as extreme as it is. I mean, Married at First Sight, those people, and I think the producers were genius putting this show together because they told these people that they were perfectly matched. Yeah. Like, we had robots and we had computers and we had people say that you are perfect for each other and we're going to get you married at first sight. Yeah. These people were not meant to be together. All they were meant to be is cause a stir on television so they could but- sit them in a room and film it. So if that's what's happening, it's exactly isn't, isn't what happened. that exploiting them? And it, it doesn't that cross the duty of care line? That crosses the duty of care line. That is messing with people's heads. And, and when you've got a, a psychologist who's acting as a professional psychologist, uh, I mean, there's... I'm sorry, but I don't, I, she probably is a, a professional psychologist, but anyone who I think would be a decent psychologist would look at two people who just met and got married and say, you two aren't meant to be together. Yeah. How do you think it's changing culture? 
I mean, the flow-on effect. If this is what we're all watching, and and some people can't see beyond the the production of it. They they, they are entertained by it, and they think it's reality. Mm. How do you think it's affecting? How far how can we it? Live? How far can it go? Because people. Kids are growing up and going, oh, that, that that is how you're successful by the amount of Instagram followers yes, yep. or Facebook likes you have. Uh, you know, getting on one of those TV shows is what I need to strive for. I feel guilty. Like I don't want to be remembered for. I don't know. But I, is, I is it just kids- gonna? Is it gonna happen where people are just gonna go right? I'm not even going to be on Instagram anymore. I'm going to be on Facebook. I'm going to turn everything off and I'm just going to live my life. But is that we just something you can't do anymore? Can't do are, we, are we too far gone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you do? But I, yes, it has affected culture in a big way. It all comes down to exposure. you got like 25 million people in Australia. How many billions of people on the planet? All you got to do is get as much exposure to the planet as you possibly can through a TV show, through a news article, and there's going to be people out there that follow you, and it's yeah. how you turn it around after that. If you all of a sudden have another show that shows you as an amazing person and people you mm-hmm. know, really f- feel like you're endearing and they want to watch you more, and then you bring out products, you bring out your after shave and your your shampoo and your Stop your, your drink and then you're, you're a billionaire like Kim Kardashian's sister. So do you think um, it, it, it buys happiness? Do you think that... Uh... Does money buy happiness, I think, is what it all comes back to and we both know it definitely doesn't. It makes things a little bit easier, but I've got some friends who are very rich and very, very sad. Mm, like mm. nothing is enough. That's it. It is that, isn't it? There's no amount of Instagram following that's going to be like, okay, I'm I, I'm happy with this now. I'm going to stop here because there's always someone with more followers than you, I guess. Yeah. And that, that's the drive. If you're living of fame, the grass is greener it? life, it's yep. it's not a good life to live. You just got to focus on yourself and enjoy your own space and your own friends, your own family. Yep. Find something that that sets your highest values that you absolutely love and focus on that, and everything's going to fall into place. Yeah. Hey, do it! Do it like you're going on a roller coaster ride. Yeah, you pay your admission fee, you do yeah. your audition, you yeah. get on it, and you just scream your head off and have a great time and enjoy the ride. Don't think of it as like this is going to change my life and make it better because a lot of people do go on these shows who think, okay, uh, I'm, my life's different now. Everything's going to be awesome, mm-hmm. and we, we would have people come out of Big Brother. And think that limos are going to pick them up and drive them everywhere. And you just have to sit them down and say, hey, listen, you're out on your own now. Thank you for being on our show. Bye-bye. Harsh, but true. There's still people out there that were on the show that that still think that there's some sort of responsibility. There's not. You're on a TV show. Okay, so the, the enduring appeal of reality TV... Why? Why? Why has it lasted? And we've seen it evolve through different genres... It's not going to end. Why are we as humans obsessed with it? Because we want to see how the other half lives. You want to see other people's lives. You want to see how they do things. You want to see if you can relate to what they're doing, what they're saying. Mm -hmm. You want to know that something you thought or said or did isn't so weird after all because there's other people out there that are doing the same thing. I'm talking in Big Brother terms. Uh, and, and that's what I loved about the show and I really miss. And I think Australia needs a show like Big Brother where even though they're a little bit quirky, a bit different, come from all work, walks of mm. life, they'll talk about politics, they'll, they'll talk about immigration, they'll, they'll talk about yep. things that, that people are afraid to talk about and they yep. won't have some crazy lefty step in and say, you can't even talk about that, you're racist, yeah. you're sexist, yeah. you're a bigot. Or, or someone in the house will call them that and they'll have a say, 
stop calling me names and let's have a conversation and talk about what's really going on in the world. That is such a good point because it, when it was at, at its best, that's what Big Brother did. It was that melting pot of people because I think these days we don't mix with other people on the street and mm. when we choose our communities online, yeah. we pick and choose who we interact with. Yeah. So you're, you're never going to meet You're in your own echo chamber. Mm. And I think shows like Big Brother brought these people from all these walks of life and shoved them in a box and all of a sudden they're friends. Um, but would Australia now allow like, uh, this culture of outrage that you can't even ask the question now because it's a fear of offending someone and you know the, the terminology around things I is think, offensive. I think the whole uh, worried about offending people is starting to change Yeah, because people are, are getting fed up. Yeah. They're, they're getting, getting into trouble with yeah reputations being ruined just for asking a question. Uh, let's think of um something quite sentimental. Where, what was the most memorable moment or, of that you've been part of in the Big Brother world that, I don't know, will stick with you? My favourite moments on Big Brother was the moments where I saw someone on stage that was sharing a moment that was life-changing for them and I'd get emotional as well and cry. Like, yeah. uh, you know, Reggie being yeah. on stage and crying because she didn't want to go back to her life and yes. she had so much fun in the Big Brother house and they just presented her with a cheque for $250,000 and she's like, thanks, put it in her pocket and then they gave her a Sony PlayStation and she jumped up and down excited. <laughs> the, yeah. the the moments when, when someone won the show that uh, – Australia loved as well and you've got thousands of people on their feet you know there's millions of people watching and this is a part of pop culture this part of history in Australia because so many people were watching it we had millions of people watching back then I feel as though uh, you have amazing insight into behind the scenes of reality TV but you're you're not playing the game and and, I mean you know I'm not being a politician (laughs) it's saying oh let me answer that in a roundabout way yeah, yeah. Like, you've really shared some sort of really honest insight today that I think is going to surprise well, a lot of people. Uh, that's what I like to do. When I, and you'll have to be on my podcast, on the mic, so we can, we can talk about yeah. you. And, and, and yep. people, we need, people need to be real and they need to talk about their lives and, yep. like, you know, how things change and the directions they go in yep. and, 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 and what makes them tick. The world of content has really changed in the last few years. Like, it, and I mean, you can produce niche content and, and reach an audience that, that doesn't isn't interested in the mainstream's kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, it's exciting. You're right. We don't need the T V networks or radio networks anymore. You're right. We don't. You're absolutely right. They need us. Well it's been a pleasure chatting to you, Mike. It's Stay time tuned. to go, Mike it's Goldman. Time to go. They never said that to me. I <laughs> never got Well you that. won. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Okay, guys, we've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. In two weeks, we'll have our next special guest, so make sure you tune in to hear it all. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Acast, and all the places you normally listen to your podcasts. See you soon.